Does Will Smith lack masculinity? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. going to go places with this that I think are very important to all aspects of, of recovery, uh, both for, for men and women to understand. So, um, yeah, this isn't just a pop culture, uh, episode here, but, uh, we're going to, we're going to dive deep into it. But anyways, how are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great, man. Had a great weekend. Got to see my daughter from college again. We got to hang out with some of her friends from college and, I realized that I'm I'm legitimately a 45 year old man with two hip replacements because I tried to play soccer with all of them and I pretty much couldn't do it. Oh man, you know I just spent a weekend with you and um, you look old. <laughs> well, especially because you, you look, you especially look because you saw me after two days of sun on my yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, you had this leathery face, and but you move around pretty good still. You get around pretty good. I, I try to stay yeah. in decent shape, but but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely showing my age. I these saw days. you hike up like a, a a mountain of sand in the middle of the desert. <laughs> I mean, you still did it. So we made we made it barely. <laughs> yeah. You're like a bull elk just <laughs> walking up that mountain. <laughs> just tough as can be. You're, nothing's stopping you. It doesn't matter how old you are and two hips or whatever. Yeah. So. When you're when the only other option is to die, you have to make it out. So that's the way it works. Yeah. Well, so okay, I got I got a little bit of story to tell you in context here and to help us get into this. So um, we went down to this retreat um, down in Southern Utah a couple weeks ago and women's, women's retreat. retreat and it was awesome. Um, and so I had a, about a four hour drive to drive home. And so I downloaded Will Smith's book, Will, and this was the Sunday of the Oscars. So I spent four hours listening to Will Smith talk about his life. And then that night he slapped Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> and it was really fascinating with the context that, that I had of, of listening to him talk and share his biography, um, all day long and then seeing him in real time do that that night. Um, and it's w- with the work that we do, Tyler, you know, I, of course, am kind of psychoanalyzing him and, and kind of seeing what's going on and, and what he describes is, uh, pretty, pretty typical, uh, in terms of trauma, um, that leads to false identities and shame, um, that leads to then posing and, and putting on that false self, that front to try to be good enough and try to get love. Um, and in, in his book, I won't, I won't, you know, redo the whole book. You can go download it if you want, but what he talks about is, some, some, uh, experiences where he watched his dad punch his mom in the face and multiple times and how his little brother would always stand up and, and fight against dad and how his job was to be the peacemaker and to just try to keep everything happy and, and not cause any friction. And, and in doing so, as he watched this domestic violence, he, 
felt like he was a coward because he never stepped up. I mean, he tells another story of a, a little girl, you know, how there, there's the neighborhood like child molester house, you know, and he watches this little girl walk into that house knowing in his gut that something's not right and something's wrong. And he goes in his closet in his bedroom and he, he cries and he hides and he doesn't tell anybody that that happened. Um, so again, reinforcing this false identity of I'm just a coward. I'm a coward that doesn't stand up. And, and he, he goes on and on and talks about how he's always felt like he's just a coward. Yeah. So then all of a sudden I, my phone's blowing up because something happened at the Oscars and it's, it's Will Smith walking up on stage and smacking, um, you know, Chris Rock. And to which, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, which, which, if we we're looking at it from the context you were seeing it from Brandon and hearing you tell that story, it would say, Oh, look, Will Smith stepping into his strength. Now he's no longer going to sit passively by and watch things unfold. He's no longer going to be on the sideline. He's not going to shrink. He's going to actually, he's actually going to go correct the wrongs from his past, so to speak. Right. But, but, and I don't know if you watched that clip of that happening, but what was the feeling of it? Was, was it, was it, powerful strong masculinity or what what was the feel of that well i think a lot of people would say that it was powerful strong and masculine that he was standing up for his wife and and all of those things um so so on one hand i think a lot of people would say that it looked and felt strong like he was doing the right thing even though there might be consequences um for, for doing something like that. Could it be argued that, that it looked and felt weak? Uh, absolutely. Right. It could have, it, it looked weak too, especially, especially if you, everyone wants to infer their own things from it. But if you look at what was happening beforehand, he's laughing along with it. And then all of a sudden he sees his wife and now he's up there like doing whatever he did. And so, so, so Tyler, that you just, you just kind of, I want to dissect that a little bit because this is where I see a breakdown in actual, healthy masculinity is what, what this is what I saw. Um, having heard from Will Smith all day long, um, I saw an overcompensation. I saw a swinging of the pendulum from a little boy hiding in a closet to, to, Hey, I'm going to show that I'm strong and that I'm going to stand up and do, do something like that. But one of the, one of the big issues here is was Will Smith and, and who knows, only he knows, but was Will Smith acting in his truth or was he codependently um, acting at, 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 from, from a place of my wife just rolled her eyes. She's not, she's not happy at this and I better go do this because she'll want me to do it. Right. Yeah. That's um, the question. We, we, none of us really know that, but yeah, that is the question. Yeah. And the reason that's the question is because. Because actual healthy masculinity, it's paradoxical, Tyler, but actual healthy masculinity stands on its own, yet creates polarity with the feminine. And so so what that means is it stands on its own. It means a man and, and a woman in her femininity, but a man in his masculinity and who he is stands on his own two feet and acts in that truth, in that confidence um, not doing things out of compulsion, 
out of trying to prove yourself and out of trying to be enough. That is not actual healthy masculinity. Am I making sense? I think so. So what's the difference, Brandon? Like, because, because if you've seen yourself as somebody who's weak, weak and shrinks away and hides in the closet, what else are you supposed to do if you, if you don't want to live that way anymore? So I think there's a lot of things that Will Smith could have done, for example, that because he laughed at the joke, um, mm-hmm. but he could have, he could have walked up on the stage right then and just said, Hey, Hey, Chris, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave my wife alone, right? Or he could have used his acceptance speech to say how beautiful and amazing she is and that, you know, Chris can say whatever he wants. That doesn't change that about Jada. He could have done things like that, um, which would have been more in his power and actually would have would have would have promoted positivity. He, He said in his speech, I'm all about love and I'm all about protecting people, right? And, and 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 what he did didn't do that. Now there's a negative light on them, um, and and on her, she's getting a lot of hate too. You know, I I, I don't think that he showed up in his in his real power there, right? And so he did laugh at the joke. He could have been honest, like, yeah, that was funny, but it, but it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Anyways, he's a microcosm, Tyler. Uh, the reason I I, I want to talk about Will Smith is to to take this out broader a little yeah. bit, um, because what we see a lot of is both weak and toxic masculinity um, in our work. And it's interesting; people look at us and they're like, "Oh, they're sex addiction therapists. They help they help guys, you know, stop cheating on their spouses and stop looking at pornography and stuff." But the fact of the matter is, is what we see day in and day out and what we really treat are men who don't know who they are, who are still searching for that and trying to figure that out, and who are still wrapped up in their shame and their trauma so much that they keep showing up weak in their lives, at work, um, in their relationships with their partners, and it creates chaos all around them, correct? Exactly. And, um, and Brandon, I, I think, you know, we, we just did this women's retreat and, and you got a lot of feedback. I got a lot of feedback. We all got a lot of feedback that was similar, which is that a lot of the women that we had just spent the weekend with, they're in relationships where they're looking, they're looking for their husband to show up in a little bit more strength than they have been showing up in. And, yeah. and that's, and that's, that's something we see in our practice all the time too. And so, yeah. so the challenge is, is that I think there's a lot of ideas when you, when you talk about toxic masculinity, and I want to actually run through some of these things with you. We've made up a list of the different variations of what we call the mask or the poser that men put on sometimes. And I want to run through a few of these and I want you to pick out the the true principle and what might be there, but then also how it's the mask or it's the poser or it's, it's weakness. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that does, sounds that, good. does that sound all right? Uh-huh. So the first one that I've got here is, <clears throat> is the Harley guy. This person hides his insecurities and softness in his soul behind the projection of being tough and not giving an F. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Is it toxic masculinity to put on black leather and drive a Harley? Not at all. Not at all. Like if you love that, do it. Right. 
but the analogy is is this is it, it, the toughness on the outside yet the tenderness on the inside right this yes. this this you can't get to me because i'm always going to drive off on my motorcycle um it's it's the refusal right? of acknowledging that softer side right yeah, yeah and that softer side i believe is actually a masculine trait um it that that softer tender side to be able to hold space um to to listen to be there for somebody um it can be very masculine mm -hmm. right um and so when there's this leather jacket so to speak in between um you and another person that that's saying i'm scared i'm scared to be vulnerable and, and to do that beautiful yeah um i i agree with that brandon now here i'm going to give you a couple more all right i love it let's do it all right the next one is the wallflower this guy won't fully engage in what's actually happening in life. He wants to stay just close enough to get a sense of connection, sometimes living through others. Yeah. So, and, and what the wallflower will say is I just do really good at, 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 at making sure there's no conflict. We never have conflict. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, make waves with anybody. I just want to observe and not be seen. Right. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So this is hard for me to say the good stuff here, but the good, the good stuff here, here is a, a kind, loving heart that cares about people and doesn't want to make conflict. Mm -hmm. Yay. That's good. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. The problem is, is, is God has made that man for something. There's purpose inside of that man. There's passion there's a need for, for battle and war and adventure. And the, those things are, are there some, in some way, somehow. And what he's spending his life doing is avoiding getting in the ring um, because he might get punched. But if he doesn't get in that ring, what will happen? Then he lives this life of like emptiness and smallness. You know, He'll never live. It's like the scripture, you know, neither do men light a candle and put under a bushel. It's like too many men, too many men trying to keep the peace end up totally playing small and robbing the world and their wives and their children and their relationships of the goodness and the purpose that God has put into them. Yes. Yep. But, but here's the thing, Tyler, doing that is a little bit dangerous like if if you actually put put yourself out there, you might get a battle wound. You might get hurt. You are going to get punched in the mouth. You will. Yes. Right. And so and so, why not just play it safe? Well, there's a big why not because you're not actually living, right? And and yeah. and, and the feminine actually senses that. They sense the weakness of you're scared to actually be. You're like. You, this is weakness. I, I don't feel safe with you because you're always playing it safe. That's right. I, right? I got a story about this one. I'm, I'm kind of a wallflower sometimes, Brandon. And I remember when I was just getting ready to start my practice, I'd go to my wife, like this happened for like six months. I'd go to my wife and I'd kind of like, Hey, I think I could do it on my own. I think I could start my own practice and I could stop my other job. And she'd say, yeah, why don't you do it? Go for it. You know? And then I never do anything. And uh, then I go to her and have her try to encourage me again and tell me that I was good enough and that I could probably do it on my own. And finally, one day she just turned to me and she looked me straight in the face 
and she said, Hey, Tyler, I would rather be married to a man who actually tries and fails than someone who just talks about it. <laughs> and she just will sniff you. <laughs> but but she was getting at it like that's the truth though is that she's like I just want to be married to a guy in the arena. Like yeah. put your, put yourself in the arena. I'm with you. I I don't care if we live under an overpass as long as I got a guy who's in the game, but I don't want to be right. with somebody who's not going to ever put themselves in the game. Right. right. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting, Tyler, when I think about kind of the, the partner or the feminine side of things, there's this, there's this kind of conundrum of, I want a man who is him, who is in some ways dangerous and, and, and just honest and confident. And, but at the same time, if I lack trust in that relationship, I don't. I want the safe wallflower guy Mr. Nice guy. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Then I don't want him. Like I'm not attracted to that. Like I'm not safe there. And so dang it. I wish he was confident and, and masculine and him, you know? And so it puts them in this tough spot of like, I, I had a client last week, ask his wife and say, do you really want me to show up masculine? And she, she looked at him and, and said something like this, like, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So, because it's scary. Well, it's scary. And it's also that thing you were talking about with the Will Smith thing that it could, it could be part of the pendulum swinging a little bit too far. Right. So. Right, right, right. Like if he's a wallflower and then the wallflower all of a sudden goes to, now nah, I'm going to tell you how it is. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the pendulum swing from, from an immature masculine to an immature masculine. Yeah, it's it's still right? yeah, it's still toxic masculinity on both ends of the spectrum, but somewhere in the middle is is where where real powerful masculinity lies. Right. 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 Yeah. Yes. Um, could I give you another one here? Oh, I'm enjoying <laughs> this. Yeah. So so just uh, t what you're doing, Tyler, is you are um, kind of illustrating these these poser roles that we see a mm -hmm. lot of, right? And, um, and I like how you put kind of caricatures on it yeah. because, because it, it, you know, it's may, maybe it's extreme what we're talking about, but, but the characteristics that we see in these, in these pose, and when, when we say poser, what are we saying? We're basically saying the mask that I put on. So people think I'm good or, or people think I'm masculine. Yep. Yep. It's the identity, the, the, the false identity, try, trying to, to shame screen to get love, basically. Right. Okay, so I'm going to give you another one here. This one is okay. the summer sales dude. He <laughs> overcompensates for his insecurities by, pre by presenting the facade of complete success. It's been said that the size of his truck is an overcompensation for how he feels about his manhood. <laughs> You're describing... I've, I've got a lot of summer sales people mad at me right now. Hey, this is just kind of a joke, you guys, but think about it. <laughs> No, when you say that, we all know what you're talking about, though, right? Um, but it's this persona of, as a man, I got it all figured out. I make all the money. Um, I got all the cool stuff. And it's not bad to have gear. No. It's not bad to have cool gear and have the stuff. But but it's what's behind it that really that really makes you feel that toxic masculinity. I have to have it in, in order for you to think that I'm... 
in order enough. for me to be good enough, I have to have this and show it to people. But I think the truth in this one is there's a there's a true side of this one too, which is that I do want to be the kind of person that can provide. I want to I want sure. to be successful in my vocation. I want to I want to make sure that I'm taking care of the people around me. Um, it might be the reasons why I'm having the things that I have that's part of the toxic element. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, they, they go to the gym every day. They look good. They, they, you know, all of those things are awesome. It depends on whether it's driven from a place of real um, progression and um, like alignment with God or shame. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's an overcompensation. Exactly. You know what's interesting, Tyler? I've I've met with a lot of these guys, and um, their neighbor their neighbors kind of are jealous of them, and you know other other people wish they had that much money and that much success, and you know their life looks so perfect, their family looks perfect, and then and then what happens when they they come into our office? They basically the the facade crumbles. Yeah, it's all yeah, and they're like, man, I wish I had confidence in myself and i wish i had the re- kind of relationship that that it looks like my neighbor has it's almost like it flips on its head yeah. yeah and the wife is dying inside like yeah everybody thinks we have it all everyone thinks this is so wonderful and like i am so depressed and so disconnected and disconnected and this is awful yeah, right. right okay here's another one this is a big one i think it's it's the pharisee this person hides behind the <laughs> this person hides behind the facade of re- religiosity. God is good. They can quote a Bible verse on demand, but they can't seem to apply the same principles in their own heart and life. This doesn't happen, Tyler. If you have a if you have a good church calling, like you're you're really into your church, like you, there's there's nothing going on behind the scenes, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, this one's hard though because again, here's the truth in it is is that. I, I think I think it's extremely actually extremely masculine to be willing to wrestle with your own spirituality with with God with even your own religion. Um, we need to be engaged in that. It's there's some type of humility in that. Um, it's it's. But you're but but you're talking about two different well, things. There's a difference between wrestling with God and 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 the Pharisee, like what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what's the difference? Because because there's truth in the need to be wrestling with a higher power. I, I would say this is one of the most <clears throat> complicated uh, gaslights that there's out, there is out there. Is I, you know, if I come across as <clears throat> spiritually, I got it all together. I go to church. I wear the perfect tie. I give the best talks at church. I'm so involved in this and that. Um, but I'm doing it because, because I don't feel like I'm okay and I don't feel like I'm enough. Um, it, it, it really, it's, it's a tough gaslight for a partner because they're like, man, everybody sees him as Mr. Wonderful, spiritual, church man, amazing. Right. Um, the problem is, here's the problem, Tyler. What, what is real humility? Humility. And and and, re- and real service. Yeah. To well, God. humility. You know, my definition of humility is is accepting everything God says about me, both positive and negative. 
Okay. So, so which the, um, what that means then is, is that I have a relationship with God, and then I act according to who God tells me that I am. Okay. So, so that I think the Pharisee, this poser you're talking about, actually gets that backwards, right? I don't have a relationship with God, so I act to try to get God's mm-hmm. love, versus knowing God loves me as I am. And accepting my faults and who I am and all those things. Yeah. Right. And so, so it's that, that person who's f- just trying to prove it again. Um, and, and Tyler, I, I hate to say this, but in a lot of churches um, and religions, these Pharisee guys, they move up the ranks quickly um, because they're willing to do all the things they're willing to go to all the service projects and do all the things and do this and do that. And, and they move up the ranks quickly and they get higher and higher callings, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Um, and yet, yet a lot of the energy behind it is actually shame. And, and so, it's not true masculinity. And the byproduct, Brandon, and this is the hard part. <clears throat> I think this is the worst part of it is, is the byproduct is, is the impact it has on the people that are the closest to me. Where now all of a sudden there's like this, it's like the, the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing where I'm being preached to about all these Bible verses, but then I'm being mistreated on the backside by being neglected or being criticized or being you know, treated rigidly or, or in a disconnected way. And it causes... It causes a secondary wrestle with <clears throat> the people who are close, especially close to this man, with their own relationship with God and, and their own relationship with their religion and going, well, wait a minute, like, how could how could this stuff be true? How could these principles be true when I feel so sick and gross about it? Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. I, I could, we could do a full episode on this one, Tyler. I, I think it's... I, I'm about to go off and get on my pedestal. So uh, <laughs> let me let me go to a different one then. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's All move right. On. This next one is Mr. Wright. This person has more answers than Alex Trebek, being an expert at everything. <laughs> he won't hesitate to share his expertise with anyone. Hey, don't knock on Trebek. <laughs> I love Trebek. Whatever you do, like yeah, yeah. yeah rest in peace. Um, <laughs> but Mr. Wright can't be wrong. Um, a narcissistic a little flair bit, there, right? But it comes across yeah. it comes across as strength and security. You know, if you're supposed to step into your masculinity, if you're supposed to be firm and strong and maybe be a leader, um, you should have all the answers. But I would definitely disagree mm-hmm. with that. That it, it comes across as strength and security. It comes across as weakness and insecurity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, it's trying to come across as strength. But that's and the goal, uh, right? That's the goal. That's, that's of the this element poser. of maybe masculinity that they're trying to that you're trying to exude. Yeah, but but if you cannot if you cannot own your faults and where you have missteps and where you suck, if you can't own your suck, then when you do have truth, then it's it's hard for others to hear. Um, because they're so sick and tired of you always trying to be right. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, it's funny because that energy definitely comes through, even though you don't know you're sending that energy through. 
<laughs> yes. Well, and with that, that's the case with all of these. Right. Right. With all of these, you think that your poser and your shame screen and this false masculinity is actually working. It's well, guess not. what? It's not. Because everyone around you can feel that insecurity. Right. And, 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 and that's where the feminine comes in is like, I, it doesn't matter if you're all, every single one of these roles that we've talked about. If you, if you play all of them perfectly, I still can feel where you're at with yourself. And how much you trust yourself and know right. yourself and know God. It's that genuine, it's that genuineness that has to come through that doesn't when it's being performed in some way. Yeah. In fact, the more you try, the more the less I, I yeah, feel exactly. that strength. Um all right, here's another one. This one I think we run into a lot, Brandon. You you referred to it as a Mr. Nice Guy. The one I've got written here is the doormat or the George McFly. This person tries to stay connected by letting others constantly take advantage of them under the guise of being the nice guy. Uh, yeah. Um, we see this a lot. Yeah. Isn't there like, of... let, let's just tease out what, what element of masculinity might, might really be tied to this one, you know, especially, especially in our world. Okay. Like um, we are supposed to be, kind to people we're supposed to be agreeable we're being we're taught especially like in the recovery world you're we're taught hey you know especially if you're the one that's done the betraying you need to be sensitive you need to be patient you need to make sure that everyone around you especially your partner is feeling safe and connected which means you probably shouldn't ever make waves and you probably need it, and you're and you're probably in debt uh, now you're in debt in your relationship now to where you've got to go even the ledger by doing whatever anybody else wants you to do because, because you've made all the mistakes. Yeah. All that, all what you just said is total <laughs> BS. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's, it, you know, like, let's say let, this is a stupid example, but let's go with it. So let's say I cheated on my wife and um, a month later, you know, she's in just tons of betrayal trauma. Uh, we go to buy a car and she says, I want the, I want the, the pink Miata. Right? <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, um, I want the, I want the Raptor. Right. Um, so let's say I give in and we get the, the Miata. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but I give in, um, in my truth, heart of hearts, I don't want to spend that money on that. I'm not comfortable with it. It's not what I want whatsoever at all, but I cheated on her a month before. Mm -hmm. And so I give in, what am I doing to the, the relationship? Well, so this is, this is the challenge is, is what you're doing is you're actually creating a situation where the relationship is now one up, one down relationship, meaning one person has all the control and the other one doesn't have any control and it becomes based on power and control, which then robs the relationship of actual connection. And, and, and in the long term, Brandon, yeah. this is the hard part. And this is the really hard part. And this is really hard for, for the betrayed partners too, to accept this because, because on one hand, they know it's true. And on the other hand, it's really scary. The only way the relationship's going to last long term is if there's two partners who see each other as equals. Yes. Okay. 
that that's the key there is even if I have done a horrific thing in my marriage, um, my worth is the same to God as, as it was before I did that horrible thing. And, and here's the deal in order to rebuild trust and safety and security with my partner, the last thing that I need to apply to the equation is dishonesty. And so, Oh, I really like that car. Yeah. I want that. No, that's hurting the whole thing right now. Now here, let's, let's like Will Smith's pendulum swing. Let's say I say to her, Hey, I listen to Brandon's podcast and he said, I got to be honest. So we're getting, the <laughs> well, that's controlling the other Tough. way. Now it's a one up, one down right? the other way. Exactly. So, so, so what might happen is we get the CRV because like, she's good with that. And I'm good with that. Like, you know, we compromise, yeah. but we're honest and we're both good with it. Right. And, but, but the point is, is that to emasculate yourself to try to rebuild trust in the relationship is, is the very thing that destroys lo- trust. It erodes trust. Okay. Um, yeah. And so coming back to Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Nice Guy drives me crazy because they come across as, as good, as willing I'm willing to do whatever you tell me. And I, I deal with Mr. Nice Guys. And, okay, Brandon, tell me to do this. Okay, I'll go jump through that hoop, and I'll go do this, and I'll go do that. But you know what I'll do? I'll crumble every time there's conflict in our relationship. I won't be honest. I, won't, I, I will hold a ton of resentment <clears throat> toward people around me, a ton of resentment. But I'll just keep doing what they tell me to do. And the Mr. Nice Guys, uh, the, they're, they're so nice. And yet they're some of the most manipulative, um, dishonest men out there. It makes right? sense, even though Does that make sense? as a as a self-proclaimed nice guy, I would never have viewed myself as dishonest. I would have viewed myself as humble, as patient, as meek. Um but but what you're saying is actually true, which is that because I'm unwilling to share my own thoughts, my own opinions, my own feelings, set my own boundaries, what I'm doing is I'm never allowing anybody to actually know who I am or what I think. And so there's nothing to attach to and there's dishonesty. Yeah. And, and I say they're dishonest, but ultimately they're dishonest and manipulative because mm-hmm. they're scared. There, there's there's fear. And and so they're acting in trying to get out of that fear over and over and over again and undermining actual right. like security and trust and long term. What they actually desire, they are undermining getting it in a relationship because they're showing up with zero masculinity. And at the core of it all, Tyler, is this is I lack I lack a sense of self. So I need to get that from you. Right. I, so I, I'm trying to consume you to get my worth. And, and, and by doing so, I'm, I'm avoiding all this conflict and doing all these things, totally undermining my ability to be a masculine, healthy partner. OK, good. So, Brandon, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Let's figure out then. <laughs> I know we've this got a list. Fun. We've got go like 10 more this. that we're not going to get to today. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. so. So what's the antidote then to all of this stuff? Because we've named off a a, a number of different ways that people are trying to step into their masculinity, but it's not working. 
So what, what is the antidote? Oh, all right. So I, I got it. Okay. Um, but, but I'll rattle this off and understand that this is a process of healing um, that takes place. Um, but you can engage in this process and get rid of these shame screens. Okay. The first thing you need to do is to actually love and accept and, and become conscious of these roles. It's good for us to say, wow, like I am a Mr. Nice guy or yeah, I'm totally the Harley dude or, you know, this part of me has actually been there to try to protect me and help me and, but you know what? The consequences that I'm getting from it, I don't want anymore in my life. So I've done a good job at learning how to do this. It's not working for me anymore. So you don't beat yourself up. You actually have compassion for yourself as to why you do it. But you get to know your shadow. You get to know your false identities. Um, you acknowledge them. You see that they're there. That's step number one. Okay. Um, once you're, you're aware of it, you're conscious of it, and you've been curious of it, the next part is is really important is that you you practice courage to actually actually, actually do the opposite of what mm -hmm. that shame's telling you to do okay so so you might say well will smith did that and he did and and actually i think that's good for him he was practicing to learn like oh that was wasn't practicing. my my true self yeah that wasn't my true self mm -hmm. i got to i got to mm -hmm. back that up a little bit here right but him just sitting there not doing anything and being a coward would have gotten him nowhere, right? So um, you have to practice something different and you have to kind of throw it mm -hmm. out there and feel something new, okay? So like let's say I'm the wallflower in my group, in my therapy group. Well, if I recognize I'm the wallflower, then this week when I go to group, I'm going to speak up. <laughs> People are going to know my opinion. Right. Like, and, and I'll probably yeah. botch it and be bad at it and not know how to do it. But, but you know what I'll learn, I'll learn that I can mm -hmm. do that and mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then, and then you'll learn how to find your place in your voice more and you'll be, and you'll realize, Oh, this is how my voice really fits in my group. I'm not, I'm not just acting in my fear and never speaking up, but this is like, and then you do it consistently. So, so you, you figure it out, who you truly are, and then you step into it again and again. And you don't give that fear power anymore to dictate yeah. your actions and who you are, right? So yeah. is this – are you seeing what, what the process yeah. is here? Beautiful answer, Brandon. So, so I'm going to give you another personal example okay. to, make, to make sure we're clear on this. A few months ago, we were traveling, and we happened to stop at like a subway to eat. And my wife just remarked about something about Subway's like marketing plan or something. And I, I jumped right in without a, without skipping a beat and started just describing to her Subway's marketing plan. Because <laughs> okay. you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I have all the answers because I obviously know everything about Subway. Oh, yeah, and marketing. Yeah. And, and, mar <laughs> and marketing. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, start, I start explaining this and pontificating about all of this as if it's fact. And she stopped me and she said, Tyler? you're full of crap. Like you don't know anything about, you know, Subway's marketing plan. And so according to your plan, she was the one that, that offered me the gift of seeing that mask. I get to go, Oh yeah, that's my know-it-all guy. That's my Mr. Right guy. Um, you know what, babe, you're right. Like I don't know anything about Subway's marketing plan. 
but but oh, but Tyler, what if she's not right? Right. So like, what if you're just like talking and just like you know talking about Subway and this and that, and she's like, hey, like you don't know anything. <laughs> well, well, then I'd then I'd have to maybe come back and say I may not know everything. I guess here's my opinion on it. But I was stating it at this time. I was stating it as if it was fact, like I had just right. ta- gotten out of the boardroom with Subway's guys or whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so so she called me on it. So according to your recipe, I have to recognize it and embrace that it's there and go. Okay, yeah. I have a little bit of Mister Right in me, mm-hmm. and. And what Mr. Wright is doing right now is it's actually going to pro- cause disconnection in but, my but relationship. But Tyler, I just want to highlight something. You recognize it not because your spouse or or is is telling you that's what it is. Okay, so no. because if you do that, then you're that codependent again, right? Of like, here I go, like she she, she it's right. this one up position, right? And and I see that a lot. Like, well, okay, like she tells me I'm a piece of crap. I guess I'm a piece of crap. That's yeah. not what we're saying. No, she she offered me the insight into what I already know about myself yes. now, which is that I have that tendency. Right. And probably probably hence the reason why we do a podcast. <laughs> you know. So so I recognize it, however it comes to fruition. In this case it was through my wife, but it might be through myself. Once I recognize it, I embrace it. That's a part of me that I'm working on. And then I then I step into acting opposite to what I would do, which would normally I would double down and mm-hmm. we would end up in an argument about Subway's marketing plan <laughs> instead of, instead of, uh, instead of just going, you're right. I, I don't really know. I suspect this is my thought on it that they did this and this and this, but you're right. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's absolutely true. So now I'm acting opposite to what I would typically do. And that actually has more strength in it than to double down and to stay stuck as, as Mr. Right. Yes. Yes. That's okay. it. Yeah. But but you're recognizing, hey, my fault self was acting out of fear. And and I don't yeah. want to do that. And so, you know, sometimes the, the opposite action is is shutting up. You know, if you're mm-hmm. Mr. Right and you're in a group and you can't shut up and you're – maybe you need to be quiet and listen. And, yeah. and that's that's uncomfortable, right? Yep. Um, but because your poser's not not taking charge here. Um, and so, so like, you know, the Harley guy, maybe, maybe the opposite action is actually going to talk openly with somebody, go to a therapist and open up about your feelings, you know, (laughs) because you're recognizing I'm Harley guy, you know, like, and and so opposite action heals shame, um, opposite action to the shame heals shame. Um, and, and, but, but there's a requirement and this is what nobody likes. And this is why we get stuck in our shame for so, so long. The requirement is courage and vulnerability. For Mr. Nice Guy to have a boundary with the spouse or to give an actual opinion in a relationship is like the scariest thing ever. Yep. But that's what it requires. You, In order to face your shame, you have to step through some some vulnerability and some courage. And and then if you do that over and over and over again, eventually that poser is not the thing protecting you anymore. And you realize, I don't need it. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. I, I like who I am. I've figured out where the middle ground is and I'm standing in my space as my own individual self. I can trust myself and more. I know myself more. I can trust more. myself. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And, yeah. So this is a good discussion, Ty. I appreciate you yeah. indulging me. And no, it's and great. This is this is great. We would probably need to follow up with the other half of our list here sometime. But I know that this is 
probably some really kind of pertinent stuff for a lot of people listening right now. For those of you listening, hopefully you're hearing that there is space somewhere in the middle ground and, and really ultimately what true masculinity is for you husbands who are trying to step into helping your wives heal is to step more and more fully into accepting exactly who you are. Yeah. And, and I want to do one little side note here. Um, it's not just men or masculinity that pose in shame screen. All humans do. Every single human does. And going through this process of, of figuring yourself out is good for anybody. And so I just, I just want to highlight that we talk about masculinity because what we hear a lot about is how, how a breakdown in masculinity is happening and destroying trust and safety in a relationship. Um, but this applies on both mm -hmm. ends and we could go through the same list with, well, a different list, but the same type of poser list with femininity and mm -hmm. talk through that as well. So absolutely. All right, guys, if you found this helpful, please share it with other people. That's how we're able to reach more people. And thank you guys for listening and for your support. We really appreciate it. You guys have, have a, a good great one. week. See you guys. See ya.